listeners, what's good? This is the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show, Bunker Edition. Good morning, Marissa. How's it going, fam? Oh, another beautiful day in California. I love that's it. right. But then again, you know, there's a lot of tragic news that's happening this yeah. morning. Uh, we want to definitely report that to you guys on the top of the show because Justin, there was a statement from the Buckingham Palace that said, quote, it, w- it is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen announces the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness, the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, died at 99 years old. And just literally minutes before Marissa and I went on air, rapper DMX lost his battle in the hospital and he's died at the age 50 after a tragic drug overdose. So... Um, we'll definitely yeah. be talking about DMX's legacy uh, later today on Off the Fret, but we've got a great show for everybody out there because our guest joining us for Just Talking is CCS contributor Matt Burt with Sports Matter on KUCI's 88.9 FM. And we also want to give a shout out to his host, Kevin Drake, who we wish you could be here, brother, but I know it is your birthday. So happy birthday to you, my friend. And also don't forget to check out our brand new YouTube episode drop featuring Just Talking guest co-directors Casey Suhan and Tim Colley of Makeshift. It is a documentary film by WP Engine exploring the art and science behind the advertising industry's 20 plus year evolution. All right, Marissa, it's time to rock and roll. All right, what's good, listeners? Our guest today on Just Talking is CCS contributor and host of Sports Matters. This guy is the one and only Matt Burt to discuss all things sports. Oh, I love that. He's all sideways. <laughs> I thought you were you're like in like a, a, a wheelbarrow, it seemed like. You were just rolling down the hill. <laughs> I know, I know, right? But how's it going, Matt? We're beyond stoked to have you back on the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show. And I got to say, Matt, Marissa and I were so impressed with you last time uh, you were on. And that being said, it's time to put you through the ringer of sports trivia at the top of Just Talking. So we are going to see how high your sports IQ is in the NBA universe. And to me, this is going to determine whether you're qualified to speak on the opening topic, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's get right on in. Your first question. What team won the very first NBA game? A, Toronto Huskies. B, the Chicago Stags. C, Philadelphia Warriors. Or D, the New York Knicks. That would be the Philadelphia Warriors, I believe. You are so close, but you didn't get that one. It was actually the New York Knicks defeated the Toronto Huskies in 68-66 to in their very first NBA game that was on November 1st, 1946. And any fan taller than the center for Toronto, George Nordstrand, was actually granted a free admission back in the day. So that's a (laughs) random fun fact for everybody out there. But I think you'll get this one because I got this one wrong originally. Who was the youngest player to score 10,000 points in the NBA? Would that be A, Michael Jordan, B, Kobe Bryant, C, LeBron James, or D, Wilt Chamberlain? I think that that would be, I think this is a little bit of a trick question here. I think you want me to pick LeBron James because that's what you picked. 
So I'll go Wilt Chamberlain. You know what? We did the opposite. It's actually LeBron James. Oh, I LeBron... knew it. You tricked me, Chris. <laughs> I know. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm deceiving you for a little bit. But he was, I don't he know any of these. I'm like, first no. you pick a question that I'm not even alive for. It's okay. You tricked me. I did trick you on that one. But LeBron James was 23 years and 59 days old when he became the youngest player to score 10,000 points in the NBA. But this one, I have a feeling you might get. Because which team owns the longest winning streak in the NBA history? Would that be A, the Chicago Bulls, B, the Golden State Warriors, C, Los Angeles Lakers, or D, the Miami Heat? You're not tricking me this time around. It's the Golden State Warriors. It's actually the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers won. 33 straight games in the 71 72 nice, nice season. Nice being on. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're still qualified for this one because this is more of a millennial conversation we got to bring up in the I NBA. I think we universe. just might have to pull Matt's Sports Matters card. <laughs> no, no, no. But I know you're more qualified for this one because this is, this is our age demographic, right? And whenever ESPN releases a ranking of players, you already know sports fans around the world are going to lose their shit and that's exactly what is happening in the nba universe so marissa's going to show you this nba under 25 list that espn just published on tuesday placing lamello ball as number three on the list just after 41 nba games you know, ranking ahead of people like Jason Tatum. We got Ben Simmons at number seven. And John Morant's not even listed here, but he's number 15. So, Matt, hopefully you're not smoking Parmesan cheese, okay? Like, how in the world is LaMelo Ball ranked number three above players who have led teams to the playoffs in the NBA Finals? Well, you ready for this one? I got, I got a trivia question for you. So LaMelo Ball is one of three players that's averaged 15 points, six assists, five rebounds, one three-pointer made in the game, woo, and then one steal per game. Who were the other two? Ooh. uh, And I'll I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. They have both played for Los Angeles in their career. Ah, shit. Uh, See, I was about to say Devin Booker, but now that you're saying the Los Angeles, I'm going to say Dennis Schroeder. Nope. Can I can I can I, say Kobe can I just throw Kobe Bryant out there? That's my nope. go-to. <laughs> is it a current player right now? One's a former and one's a current. Damn it! I see. I'm not gonna know that. Shaq. Okay. No. <laughs> Shaq don't shoot threes. <laughs> no, I was like Shaq. Homie. I just yeah. Shaq on. I was just trying to reference Shaq, homie. I mean, he's giving out engagement rings, so if you talk good for him, he might give me something in return. That's all I'm hoping for. Are you getting for. married? Is Chris Shaq getting married? Shoot three. You know? <laughs> Sh- Shaq <laughs> shoots three-pointers, so. I don't know. Like, I, I, Andre, Dr- I, uh, I don't know. So it's LeBron James. And Chris Paul. So he's in a very rare oh. company. And so that's why he is up at the number three spot. Um, he's actually really, really good at basketball. I do agree with you. There's some people that you can make the argument for number three, but he's going to be the future. He's going to be up there with Luka Doncic, you know, as far as the, the people that are going to carry the torch after LeBron leaves. He's going to be one of those guys. So he's actually okay. really good. And if you haven't been paying attention, he did move Charlotte into the number five seed that's true and i mean charlotte historically like has been 
the Bobcats. They've been terrible. But They've I been just kept, out, so. But I kept thinking about Devin Booker, who's only 24 years old, ranked number nine on this list, and he feels like he's been in the league for over a decade. Like, I mean, they're about to almost take the spot from the Utah Jazz. So I guess we'll see. I mean, I guess if he's the the prospect, I guess only time will tell. I mean, he's definitely a. And I have to kid. say, I think that a lot of people are against um, the balls because of their father, because he is outspoken, in your face. He's kind of a jerk. I don't personally know him, but just for what is I've that seen. really? And what I the feel ESPN like a lot of people are like are going after his kids, saying they got a golden ticket, they're being handed stuff when really they do have the skills. So I kind of think it's a yeah. little bit of both. But you know what's very skillful and very hard to do is uh, shooting anything on a green field, right? And I know the 85th Masters Golf Tournament is currently happening as we're on air. And Dustin Johnson is looking to become the fourth player to win back-to-back green jackets while Rory McIlroy remains in the hunt for his first. So, Matt, I know you've been following this. Uh, Who are you picking to win the Augusta National this weekend? So give me Jordan Speed. I love Ooh, Jordan Speed. He's, okay. he's been he's been actually one of the most consistent golfers as of 2021. So he won the Valero Texas Open, which was the the tournament previous. So give me Jordan Speed in a comeback. I, I I really like him. I don't know about you guys, but he's my favorite golfer just because he's such a cool dude. So I, he's 27 I, I years old. I, yeah, he's a millennial. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is the rumors true? I mean, did he find his mojo? Because the, the tournament that you just referenced that he just won recently, like two weeks ago, that was breaking a winless streak that's been happening for four years now. Wow. Uh, they, they do have him as a 10 to 1 odd to win the Masters, but is there anybody you think that maybe might uh, ruin his day? On Sunday? Yeah, there's quite a few. There's going to be a ton of golfers that are going to try to uh, go after this, you know, coveted jacket. The tournament is really hard this year, as opposed to the last tournament we saw in November, which has never happened before. Um, the fairways are super hard and the greens are even harder. So everything has been really high scoring. There were only two players that shot in the six, or actually, I'm sorry, three players that shot in the 60s. So yeah. that shows you how hard it's been. And normally golfers shoot in the 60s, low 60s. So this has been a really tough tournament. There's not going to be a whole lot of high scoring um, that we're used to seeing. But you're going to look at guys like Colin Morikawa. Yeah. Um, you're going to look at John Rahm. You're going to look at Jordan Spieth. And you're going to see, you know, previous winners make a comeback there. And then Patrick Reed is one of them. So it's probably not going to be Bryson DeChambeau as much as everyone wants it to be. but yeah, I don't think so, too. I mean, the guy's got a killer of an arm. I mean, he's cranking balls left and right. But you know what? You were mentioning something just now about how it's it's going to be hard for people. You know what? It seems really hard in another sports organization that they seem to not have an answer for is the NFL. And I wanted to bring this up with you because it's like, how many women accusers does it take before the NFL acts against Deshaun Watson? I mean, we've already seen 22 women file lawsuits against Deshaun Watson, some even making various and similar accusations of sexual misconduct, uh, saying, you know, they were grabbing them, exposing himself. He was even ejaculating on them or even forcing them to touch his private parts. So even if you believe half of them are lying or that the lawyer, Tony Busby, happens to be neighbors with the Texans owner is orchestrating a hit job, 
why has the NFL been mostly quiet as one of the, like, I would say the ugliest story in recent league history is unfolding right now in our country? I mean, does this not shock you with all the things that have happened previously with Ray Rice and you know, all the other suspensions that they've given out? You know, the NFL is slow to the punch always. Um, they will do things like give a player who has taken a legal substance two games and then give Tom Brady four games for the, the Playgate situation where he just didn't right. provide the phone for them. So it, the NFL really like their their morality is is not great in general. So I think they're still kind of waiting this out because it's going to be really hard to prove everything, you know, like I'm not saying that, yeah, right. you know, I'm not trying to draw away from what is let going me on. Throw this very well let me throw this perspective at you because Marissa and I were talking in private actually yesterday before the show about this. And uh, the one thing that I was telling her about was my guy, Big Ben, member of Pittsburgh Steelers, he got accused of uh, sexual misconduct. He was actually suspended from the NFL for six games, and then later the investigation by the police confirmed that he was never charged with that crime. But do you think that the NFL and Roger Goodell is holding back on punishing Deshaun Watson because he doesn't actually have a team that he's on right now that they can't literally do anything to touch him do you think that's maybe one of the reasons because to me that kind of seems like a piss-ass excuse to not slap something against him what do you think well he he is on a team he is on the the houston texans currently even though he doesn't want to be he's still on the roster and be one of the highest played players but on i the guess roster. they kind of consider him like a floated free agency right i mean is it, it, it we all know he's not coming back yeah <laughs> yeah and I don't think he's going to have, you know, a job. And, you know, if you look at what every other NFL team has done, the Niners went out and put themselves in position to get a quarterback. The Jets mm. went and traded Sam Darnold to go get a quarterback. I don't think either one of them is going to trade for Deshaun Watson at this point. And those were the two biggest suitors. And then you have the Dolphins. I think they're going to stick with Tua. And then you have a couple other teams that were in the mix to get Deshaun Watson. It's probably not going to happen for him at this point. So. I think he's going to be stuck with the Texans and it's a little bit, you know, like, I mean, I don't know what the NFL is going to do. I think they're just kind of in wait and see mode because I think right. they, they missed the mark with Ben. Well, I you feel know, they, like they, they, the they're that, not you know? going to be allowed to wait much longer. There's way too many yeah. women with the same stories. It's already been circulating way beforehand that he is like this. Um, so it's not like it's a shock to anybody that knew him right on here and there's only so long the nfl can stay quiet till people start saying hey where's your stance where's that you know hashtag me too are you going to be with it against it obviously due process must always right. happen but this guy's still pulling a paycheck and you have 20 plus women with the same yeah. scenario like come on i know that it literally took that like, it took like two women for andrew governor como to like actually get slapped with yeah. uh, some repercussions so it's kind of sad I think but it was four total with him now four, right well, but like <laughs> but let's let, let's not forget this is the same nfl that we're talking about that had aaron hernandez right so yeah. you know they're not really so they just the, the they want to make money character. if they they're but, a corporation if they can make money they're going to make money as long as they possibly can before they lose money 
Now for that. And I think you guys are both spot on. I do agree that Deshaun Watson definitely needs a due process. But you know what's not getting a due process is the MLB. And they just had another debacle when it comes to instant replay. So the New York Mets scored two runs in the ninth uh, inning for a walk-off win. That was 3-2 to two over the Miami Marlins on Thursday at City Field. So how they walked off has surely been the source of controversy for the MLB in the last 24 hours. And before we discuss, I think it's important that we roll the clip. So, Marissa, let's play it for, the, for our CCS family. 1-2 coming. And the slider in there. Strike three. It hit him. Hit him. Hit him. The pitch. It hit him. Oh, but it was in the strike zone. Oh. This is a strike, yep. and he gets hit. Look at that. Oh, you oh, can't do that. No. That's, you, they have totally got they a gotta case They got to bring here. it back. Totally have yes. a case. They're going to... And obviously there was no case <laughs> because uh, the Marlins try to argue that Michael Confort Conforto, hopefully I pronounced his last name right, leaned into the pitch, but that is not reviewable apparently. But is what is the point of instant replays, Matt, if we can't come to terms with the basic rule? When batters are required by rule to attempt to get out of the way from a pitch, how do you not review that? What's your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of hit it spot on. He didn't try to get out of the way of the ball, but there's no rule against you leaning into the plate. If you turn like this, right, and you're still technically leaning over the plate and it hits you, you're trying to get out of the way of the that ball. That was not what happened. Yeah, no, that was not that. what happened. I'm just saying. That I don't know. Look, Matt, I don't know sports that well. I don't know sports that well. And even I could see that mofo was like, I'm not going to throw my elbow up. It didn't even like grace. And that went straight into the pitch. He totally lied about it. It should have been, yeah. I agree. It's not a law, which is why they didn't pull it back. It's not one of the little, like we can review, but it should have been because that well, I, completely I, threw the game. Completely. I'll put a great perspective because <laughs> this happened on the same day that this incident happened in another sport, the masters. Literally after the first round, a golfer got penalized two points oh, yeah. for grazing the sand. If they can go back and correct an error, and this is so blatant on TV that it was number one trending on Twitter right after the game. I mean, no one gives a shit about the Mets, but the fact that they're number one trending <laughs> tells you something. The instant yeah, replays aren't working. <laughs> I mean, are yeah. you in favor of this? Do you, would you rather just see it completely go away? Well, this is where the, the real conversation is, is that, you know, where do you draw the line? Because it's going to make the game a lot slower. And the MLB is already coming out and saying, we want to make the games faster. We already have mm. 163 of them. A third of our year has baseball games in it. So when you think about it from that perspective, yeah, we're going to go all up in arms about this one, but they're going to play tomorrow and they're going to play the next day and they're going to play for one third of the season, you know, for one third of our year. So, I <laughs> mean, what's, what's really the difference is one game. Do you think yeah. he should be fined? Because I can understand no. they're not pulling back. No, oh, I think he should be fined. I too. don't know if it's a so fine. Funny. It's not I like if, in the he was, if he was <laughs> doing it occasionally or keeps doing it, then no. it would be more like, why fine him? Just adjust the instant replay. It's obviously clear that everybody's upset. I mean, if the umpire has to make a real time call with that, that's crazy knowing the technology that we I have don't today. The, yeah, I don't feel the umpire made the wrong call because he was like, strike, oh wait, he's saying it hit him, cool, we'll go. But I think it had to, it should have been pulled back. 
But then again, they all came together and they all said <laughs> that they think the game was over. But you know what? I did want to mention this while we still got a couple minutes with you because obviously the MLB also made headlines this week when the Major League Baseball decided to relocate the All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia to Denver, Colorado. So the MLB removed the All-Star game from Atlanta after Georgia's lawmaker passed a series of voter reforms aimed at safeguarding the integrity of their elections while the MLB and other corporations claim that the new law acted as, quote, voter suppression. So, Matt, am I reading this correctly? The, the same people arguing for background checks purchasing firearms are the same people against Georgia's voter ID law? I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's aimed towards, you know, the, you know, all the people that are, don't look like me and you, Chris, or me, you and Marissa. It's, it's aimed for helping those individuals. And if you didn't notice, like, you know, President Trump is calling the, the voters, uh, the head voting person, you know, I'm not a big political guy, but when you're yeah. calling someone saying, I want 11,700 votes, you know, that, that kind of reads to me, okay, what's going on over there? And then when you take a look inside the hood in Georgia, and right now there's a conflicting you know, you have Atlanta, the city of Atlanta that's predominantly black, one of the most populated uh, areas full of black people in this country. And then you have rural Georgia that is just, you know, a bunch of people that are kind of coming together and trying to find, you know, some sort of divide between the both of them has risen so far that the the whole voting narrative has become, you know, is it going to be one person left or right so it's becoming more and more to divide and yeah. at the end of the day it's going to move because the mlb wants it to move because they're siding with the people who are being you know segregated against in all honesty but because I also, it I is oppressing them i, I do think, think it I is uh interesting though because they did move the game from georgia to colorado and they actually have fewer weekends to go and vote and they do require <laughs> id to go to the ballot so okay, I, that's actually, the only wanna, reason why i kind of left actually colorado is over 90 percent votes by mail they do not sure, have yeah. the restrictions that georgia has georgia's restrictions are adding all the photo id along with a second copy of either a utility bill or your social or anything that yeah yeah no no colorado has 16 ways to verify your id georgia is allowing six and they have to have the but photo ID. i guess i wish we had more time like you're Apple, it's totally different but you're absolutely it's, correct yeah. Bruce. i yeah. mean they have four but i mean come on now majority of jobs in america unless you're working under the table require you to provide your last four digits of your social security so it's not like the most essential item in life is an but, id but Look, we can't making, dwell on this one at a time. Voting, they're making <laughs> yeah. voting too hard to do in areas that are rural and that are oppressed. They're they're purposely making it. And here's my thing on it. Hey. I don't care about the corporations <laughs> want to have a political vo voice, even though I do agree with it. But I understand I got to move it on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, gonna, <laughs> they're gonna go political. They need to pay some taxes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what's up. Obviously, we couldn't extend on that one topic. But, Matt, we love you, brother. Go ahead and check out his show. It's everywhere on audio streaming services. That show is called Sports Matters. Thank you again, Matt and Bert, for joining the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Marissa. We'll see you around, fam. Peace. See you around. Peace.
What's good, listeners? This is Off the Fret, and today Marissa and I will be giving you the inside scoop happening in the music industry on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. Also, keep a lookout for a brand new podcast series, Off the Fret, featuring the Blowies as our inaugural guest. More music, more music talk. Uh, so, Marissa, on April 5th, this is the day that marks the 27th anniversary of Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain's death. But thanks to the lost tapes of the 27 Club, there's a Nirvana-esque track titled Drowned in the Sun to share, created by, I don't know if you would guess this, listeners, Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, you heard that correctly. A project founded by Over the Bridge used Google AI Magenta to analyze 30 songs from each act, digs into the vocal melodies, chord changes, guitar riffs and solos, drum patterns and lyrics before using all that data to create a new track. So Magenta then analyzes the songs uh, using MIDI data, which is really fascinating. And then they translate the music into a digital code that then can be fed through a synthesizer to create the music. So the result for Kurt Cobain's catalog with Nirvana is this track that we're going to show you before we discuss it. It's called Drowned in the Sun. And let's check out Nirvana's AI track, and then we'll just we'll discuss it. I 
listeners, you just heard one of the first AI tracks that I've ever heard uh, do something like this. This is pretty trippy. That was uh, created again by, by a company named Over the Bridge who are doing this to celebrate the lives of the 27 Club. It's not to feel uh, sad or depressed about you know losing Kurt Cobain. It's more about raising uh, mental health awareness, they're stating. And they but have- I, it made me feel sad and depressed because I was right. so disappointed okay you all know i'm an ai junkie i was looking forward (laughs) to this i was like awesome and all it did was it didn't have his soul in it i guess i call it Mm. soulless and i listened to all the rest of the ones they're doing and i kept feeling an echo of the person like it was a really weird feeling it was like i could tell that this was not them i guess it's like our spirit our soul our essence why AIs won't ever overtake yeah, I humans, mean, I guess. I was so disappointed because I'm a Nirvana yeah, fanatic. Right. And I was like, was it good? Yeah, but it wasn't. I it was good. But it wasn't but, him and I wouldn't buy the album. Like, but I can't we let our brother just rest in peace? Like, I know that they're planning yeah. on also releasing more AI tracks for uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Amy good. Winehouse, uh, and even more people at a later date. But this is just as creepy as a Tupac performance, in my opinion. But you seem to be okay with the hologram. But the minute you touch someone's musical piece, you have a problem now? Yes, because, <laughs> no, look, seriously, a hologram is, look, they're still using the same um, vo- the same singer's voice. They're having the, the track. Everything is still the singer's essence. You're just seeing a hologram. It's kind of like watching a television, right? You're seeing them move and stuff like that. But this is literally literally music that these artists never collaborated in yeah, right. uh, the ai made the music first off a human didn't even make the music an ai made it then you yep. have the the lyrics from written and the guy who sang the song who is a uh, kurt cobain uh, yeah so sings, the guy is from a tribute said, band you're right yeah, yeah. even he said he didn't know how to approach this he was like i don't know how to get into this head and right. they had to have a long conversation He's like okay so you're mixing this song with this okay and he finally was able to piece it together but it took a human's empathy mind and connection to but make i think it it's come to life. but i also think it's important to uh, mention with our listeners too that that singer was named eric hogan and he ne- he didn't write the lyrics to this again this was google ai analyzing 30 different songs from nirvana and he was forced to sing it so they literally had producers having to hum in his ear to give him the idea that they that google ai was trying to tell him how the song is supposed to be projected with your tones and you know the message that i got from over the bridge was i thought was really cool you know what if all these musicians that we love actually had mental health support and maybe, you know, if they had that, they would be living on today, creating this music. And I wonder what Dave Grohl thinks. <laughs> it's been out for a while. And but listeners, I want to remind you that you're listening to the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. And this is Off the Fret, where Marissa and I, we bring you the latest uh, music scoop in the industry, only if you're checking out our show. <laughs> but in an article published by The Hill this week... Science now says you can judge people by their taste in music after all. So the study conducted by PLOS claims that listeners of so-called intense dimension. I see we're coming up with new words every day. Intense dimension. Genres such as. Okay, Shakespeare. (laughs) Yeah, right. Intense dimensions. (laughs) Genres such as hard rock and metal usually exhibit a bias towards more systematic or logical thinking as opposed to showing empathy. So then why who becomes more empathetic so i guess the fans of the 
low key fair oh we got new words now low key fair such as r&b and soft rock uh which they also call soft core uh rock <laughs> the study says the research also indicates that those who prefer softer music known as a type e gravitate to quote gentle warm and sensual songs that might have a dark or sad theme but rock lovers and metalhead who are known as type s the paper says prefer quote high arousal and strong tense and thrilling music <laughs> is that like do we even learn anything this marissa is, this is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous and it's pretty stupid it's because pretty stupid. i like all genres of music i'm empathetic i'm also love the heavy metal and yeah. i also have no sympathy for stupidity i'm like nah you're stupid I, I empathize, but you're stupid. They are trying to like overgloss this. Overgloss. Humans are so complex. <laughs> yeah. We're so complex. Unless you're a serial killer, because serial killers have no oh. empathy. So unless you're a serial killer, you're going to have empathy. You're going to be able to correlate and connect and have it in different yeah. levels. Yeah. Depending on your trauma, who you are. But it doesn't affect the music. You don't even have Same. to you, you don't even have to <laughs> study the music. You could just study the, the concert lovers, what kind of drink they bring or what kind of drugs they bring in. If you're bringing in lean and you're smoking weed and you're just getting blasted, you're going to a hip-hop show because you just want to mellow out. If you're drinking Jaeger bombs and you're just getting blitzed, you obviously want to hire you want to get be a metalhead lover you want to jump in the pit so this this claim obviously marissa and i are calling it now this is stupid fam <laughs> so let's move on but yeah this is um... we mentioned at the top of the show it's very sad we were hoping for a different outcome when we were gonna uh, mention this topic but hip-hop fans around the world are feeling completely torn inside as 50 year old rapper dmx's health was in question but we just learned before the show started minutes ago uh not minutes ago at 10 o'clock <laughs> that he did pass away from a tragic drug overdose that he happened to uh, partake in last friday after our show and as of today uh, you know uh he was suffering you know three heart attacks and now he can rest in peace um our prayers are out for dmx's family during these difficult times but uh, we did want to celebrate DMX's legacy, so I wanted to show you one of my favorite per my favorite performances uh, from DMX. This is one of his, and this is from Woodstock '99. So let's check it out. Way in the door, and her motherfuckers so 
get sick with. Fuck up, now all this is liquid. Y'all been eating long enough now. Let's keep it real, partner. Rims is touching, so don't. Fuck around and I'ma bite you. Y'all been eating long enough now. Let's keep it real, partner. Rims is touching, so don't. Fuck around and I'ma bite you. I thank the Lord every day that I'm blessed with the gift. I'm the best, so unless you wanna rest with the stiff. Don't touch that, uh-uh, leave it alone. When you walk past the dog house, leave him the bone. Dogs fight, dogs fight, dogs fight. You scratch, shake, and hold all night. So when you hit it, start running. When you hit it, I'm coming. But I don't like drama, so I say to myself, keep focused with this rap shit and pray for the wealth. I want the money. Give me the honeys with big asses. The most expensive champagne you got, big glasses. I'm just on my bashes. Head wide open, begging me to stop, but at least he died open. Didn't get his wish, that was a dish for the back. Two glowing red eyes, everything else. Y'all been eating long enough now. Let's keep it real, partner. Ribs is touching, so don't fuck around and I'ma bite you. Man, you gotta love it. You know, that's DMX. He was performing at Woodstock 99. If you've never seen that live concert, it's so kick-ass immersive. My favorite part with that live performance is when he goes, I don't hear you. And it like, literally looks like a scene from Lord of the Rings <laughs> Twin Towers. You know, all the orcs are like and, hoarding. Yeah. And DMX is a lyricist. I think this is one of the yeah. biggest problems with a lot of music nowadays is that you're going to say the same line over and over and over again. But where's that? Where's that lyricism? Where's that poetry? Where is the mind thought connection to where it has that goes with the beat? And DMX, man, that's, he's one of those, unfortunately, a Sounds like breed. you're hating on the TikTok rappers of today. You know, the only I, thing I, like I would say. I like shaking my booty to them. No, I like shaking my booty to them. And oh, okay, club. gotcha. Hey, so the wrong, beats right? are still there. Uh, I'm like, there is a difference between hearing a music and being like, oh man, that touches me in a soul. That has to, right. that, that connects me. And that's why DMX is being mourned. And people are really just like, this was a loss to the hip hop community. I might say something that might be outlandish for the hip hop community, but I'm going to say it now on the Chris Collins show. Biggie Smalls and Tupac can never pull in a crowd like DMX could. Never could. And zero up-and-coming <laughs> rappers today can do this. <laughs> nope. If one. anybody can find me a clip of Tupac and Biggie Smalls pulling in a larger crowd than that, okay, I don't also, know, man. That was died. crazy. He also died like 20 years ago. So. I'm still saying DMX still had the same impact back in the day, same age. But we definitely got to move on. I definitely wanted to uh, share this story with you guys. So check this out, listeners, because hear me out on how crazy insane this next story is. Because Paul Racy, he's the veteran actor nominated this year at the Academy Awards for his performance in Sound of Metal for Best Supporting Actor. And he's currently in the running with six Oscar nominations as Paul Racy plays Joe, the deaf mentor to Riz Ahmad's Ruben. And his real life story is just as remarkable as any movie out there but this was really cool about paul racy because i didn't know this about him but he actually was the son of deaf parents so paul racy is fluent in american sign language and has worked in numerous roles as an interpreter and he's also suffers from tentinitis and he wants everybody to know please all the youth out there gen z and millennials please take care of your health when it comes to your ears we don't often think about that all the time but he also is a huge metal fan, and he currently fronts in an ASL rock band 
called Hands of Doom. But I, there's no clips of that right now. But what I thought was really cool that I had no idea about, there's a music video with him and Blink-182's drummer, Travis Barker, which Marissa and I always joke, he's everywhere like he's in everything and who would have known that he would appear in this so let's roll the clip and let you guys check it out and then we'll discuss it after this is paul racy and this is their version of enter sandman Remember that viral video of Marissa a while back with Waka Flocka performing at a concert? Yes, and the ASL girl, dude, she was was into it, right? I love it. I know Rock now is doing it. Hip Hop is doing it. Almost every live concert now you can see it. Lamb of God did it at a metal show. Oh, my God. It it makes it is. It's amazing. I love love that energy. Um, It was interesting cover because... Um, she sings so much softer than yeah. obviously the original. And I was just like that they changed how the, the hand movements and their body languages, depending sure. on the decibel. So I'm like, Oh, could you imagine what would actually be happening if it was the original? But, it? It but you know what I was thinking about? <laughs> Cause like at first when I, I, I'm, you know, when I first saw the ASL was starting to show up at concert venues, I was one of those like naive kids fans mm-hmm. out there that was like, I don't get this. Like, this is oh, just dumb. like, what's the purpose of having someone on the left side of the stage? Like, doing this thing like who can get down to that and my naive self and like the more i see this the more i understand because yeah you might not actually hear the music 
but you could feel the music, especially yeah. when you're in the crowd. I can only imagine when you're bouncing in the music and you can actually follow along with the lyrics. You can feel that initial impact that we all feel. Like I know when the bass hits at a concert, yeah. someone who's deaf can also feel well, that. Same our whole, here, our right? whole, our skeletons are filled with holes. They're porous and they actually vibrate sound. So even though they might not be able to hear it, they can actually feel it. And that's about music. That's the problem with the AI one kind of in is they're missing yeah. that soul and music has a soul. And even if you're deaf, you can now participate and be part of that. I love it. I think it's I great. think that's really cool what Paul Racy's doing. So he's showing me something new and hopefully you guys gravitate and feel the same feeling that we do on the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show in the music industry. And we're going to tell you something that is kind of cool that's happening uh, pretty damn Hit like the wrong sound bite. No, no, no. I need to fix that later. (laughs) I did want to mention something with you, Marissa, because it was funny. Matt actually, Matt Burt, our just our guest that was just on with us on just talking, uh, texted me during the show and said, "I hate to break it to you, Chris, but Tupac's hologram had a bigger crowd than DMX." Matt's got my back. Matt's so got I, my back. So Marissa, I guess the hologram. Okay. Hey, all I can say is, once again, Marissa was right. Marissa wins I, I, from I, I a, like a, a from little an tally a. of Marissa versus Chris. And I think I'm winning so far. <laughs> I guess Marissa's winning. That was the Coachella Where's my boxing gloves? Where's my boxing gloves? <laughs> but, uh, we do got a few minutes left, and we did want to inform everybody that Black Sabbath, Deftones, and Linkin Park are among the many rock and metal artists that will be dropping new releases coming out on record store day this year and because of COVID-19 they have split it into multiple days similar to last year and it will be held this year on June 12th and July 17th of 2021 so Sabbath are getting two special releases this year while bands such as Pearl Jam and Sublime are putting out exclusives on two different formats Uh, also uh, I thought this was pretty cool Marissa cassettes are actually making a comeback as well and a motley crew are putting out an entire 40th anniversary box set all on tape so also you can keep a lookout for acdc dio evanescence hawkwind lamb of god opeth rage against the machine and so much more i don't know about you fam i'm looking forward to hearing new music from lincoln park because it's been so long but we got more left on the chris college show millennial talk show so stick around because you know the drill. <laughs> uh, but we definitely want to give one last shout out again to our phenomenal guest. He's our CCS contributor and the kick-ass sports show, Sports Matters, where they discuss all things sports. You can find that show on KUCI's 88.9 FM. Also, don't forget to check out our brand new YouTube episode drop featuring Just Talking guest co-directors Casey Suhan and Tim Colley of Makeshift Documentary. It, it is and who is? Oh, sorry. I cut you off. I'm yeah, so little, no, it's all I'm good. So I do my line. I'm like, and who is next week's guest? Well, you can tell it's the weekend, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, let me jump to that. Sorry, I threw me for a loop. Uh, our next know. week's guest is going to be great. I'm actually really beyond stoked for this. This is a Los Angeles-based alternative rock band. This is called Onsun. They are set to bridge early 2000s emo rock with today's mainstream stratosphere. And uh, Marissa, 
if you like what you're listening to, right, we got to let the listeners know what's good. You can get that free CCS t-shirt if you become a member today. Go to thechriscollinsshow.com slash become a member, and you know what's good. For now, enjoy the weekend, fam, and we will see you next Friday. Peace! Our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You would look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, (laughs) so, um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Everything is everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So, if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace. <laughs>